Hey, this is Taylor. This is Jake. And this is Dan. And this is Unicorn Finders, where we are on the search to eliminate the elusive unicorn factor in everyday people, businesses, and relationships. Hope you enjoy. What is going on, everyone? Uh, Super excited to bring episode two of Unicorn Finders. Uh, I'm incredibly excited to be with these boys again. Um, on this lovely uh, Thursday morning, I'm two cups of coffee in, so I am ready to go. Boys, thanks for joining. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you uh, boys being here again. Yep, absolutely. We have no choice. It's on the calendar. So um, wanted to go ahead. So, I, I, you know, we, we all talked about this, um, you know, on, on back channel conversations. And I think right now within the job search and, and really kind of what people are dealing with is, is obviously everybody being laid off, right? I think, the, I mean, the U.S. is their um, unemployment claims are, I think, I think ever at the most it's ever been. Right. Yep. And so I think more than ever, people are really wanting uh, some help and some guidance on, on what to do now. And so this specific episode is going to be centered around, Hey, listen, you get the call today. You got the call last week. You got the call last month that today is going to be your last day. And so now what? And so we're going to dive into that now. Um, and, and, and hopefully other people can, can learn from this and, and, and really use this as a tool um, in your job search. Uh, so boys, so the first thing that we're going to dive into right now is, Hey, listen, you got the call. What do you do? And so I, I'm, I'm interested to, to hear y'all's thoughts first. So Jake, go ahead and kick it off, um, on a few things that, uh, that you would do or advise to do. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a little bit of a, it depends which pathway you start on depends on which one you're already on. What I mean by that is kind of are you prepared or is this a complete, oh my gosh, I haven't even thought about another job in five years. I was totally happy with my great, great team, great people, trajectory, technology, what just happened? Um, so let's, let's start with the, uh, the former and we'll, we'll hit on the latter a little bit later about just preparations in general. Hopefully you're not one of the people affected. But right now, first thing to do, I think is just take a breath step back Dude, that's huge and i'm so glad you said that because not yeah. many people have said that you just gotta you don't need action hour one you don't probably even need it day one you just right. need to step back a second really assess okay this is this is an interesting situation most of the time if you're getting that pink slip it's not going to be right now get grab your stuff get out the door it's going to be by the way in two weeks this is what's going to happen you know um we're going to have to furlough or lay off or something like that so you at least have a little bit of time a little bit of time um and most likely hopefully you'll be getting a severance on top of that notice so yeah step back take a breath then assess your tools that you have right what do i have in place oh my god my resume is from 2007 Okay. That's, wouldn't do well. I was still in high school then. So it really wouldn't do anything for me. Same. <laughs> so, but, uh, hey, you can look at my lawn care business. You're welcome. Yeah. But, um, look at what you have, right? What, what do I have? What I need to update? Um, and, and what are people, what are people looking for right now? Is my skill set viable? And, uh, we'll, we'll touch a little bit more on resume writing and things like that, but, and, uh, and how to apply, but I still think first step, take a breath, look at what I your love tools that. are. Uh, Dan. Yeah, no, I, you know, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Jake, you, you hit the nail on the head is, is to relax, take a breath, take a step back. Uh, but I, I would say once you get that call, once you've taken some time is to create a day for yourself. 
Uh, and in that day is it's not looking for a job for 10 hours a day. It's, it's, you need to add some time in there to improve. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that to improve yourself, uh, to pick up a new skill, to work on your resume, to talk and network with other people, but don't just sit online all day for 10 hours a day, you know, looking at every single company in your area or any single, you know, company that, that may be hiring, you're, you're going to need to add some, some sanity to your day. So, you know, part of that is creating a routine you know, whether it's getting a good breakfast, whether it's coffee, uh, you know, whether it's going to the gym, whether it's going for a walk, not the, necessarily the gym today, but you know, in a couple of weeks, maybe doing some sort of fitness, but, but create these patterns where you're used to some consistency in your day, create that for yourself. So you don't drive yourself mad. Yeah. I love that. That's good. So, so let's talk you had about me at breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. You had me at coffee as I currently sip coffee. Um, like my four, there you go. <clears throat> um, we, need, we need to get sponsored by some coffee shops. That's the way to do it right there. Um, so let's talk about some tools, right? I, I think people are like, okay, great. I'll relax. I'll go on some walks, but like, let's get practical. What do I need to do first? Right. And so I think the first thing is we can all say is the resume. And so, you know, I'll, I'll add my two cents on this. I think your resume, I mean, there's, there, there's different thoughts on this. I, I think at most needs to be three pages. If you've been in, in the industry for, a very long time. I think if you haven't, um, I, but this is your first stop, you know, again, most of, the, most of what I'm coming from is software development, but if this is your first stop out of code school and you've been coding for eight months, I think your current position, it needs to be a lot, right? I, I think, I think two or three bullet points isn't, will not suffice. I think you yeah. need to really bring a lot of project specifics um, out in your resume um, and make it clear and concise, right? I think what I'm trying to, to be vocal about is I think you need your to outline specific projects, big or small, um, a few bullet points under those specific projects of the specific tooling you use to solve those projects. And then to recap each project of your entire tech stack that you worked in within those projects, right? Because recruiters search on keywords. And if you're resume, there's a way to do it tastefully from a keyword perspective and then just word vomit everywhere. (laughs) And so you really need to be on the more tasteful side. So that's my two cents um, on resumes, Dan. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't want to talk about, you know, resume length because I don't think that there's a right answer. I don't think that there's a wrong answer. I think, you know, your resume needs to tell your story and however you feel comfortable telling your story. Some people are a little bit more, you know, loquacious than others and want, you know, some, some Good extra, word. thanks, bud, you know, want some, you know, extra, you know, verbiage or, or words in there. And I think that that's okay. I think as long as your resume is consistently telling your story, then that's the length that it needs to be. You know, I think three pages is probably enough for just about anybody. Uh, you know, I know that we're going to probably hear from an executive and say, my resume is seven pages long. That's perfectly fine. Do what you feel comfortable with. Just know that the average person's not going to sort through, you know, that resume in seven pages. They're going to yeah. try to seek out the information that they think is valuable. So, you know, this is the reason I tell everybody, no matter how long you've been in your job or not, is to always take a look at your resume as that living, you know, living, breathing document that you have. It's like the constitution, right? So, you know, except, except, except Nick, Nick Cage isn't going to steal your resume. That's right. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. You guys see he's going to be the new Tiger King in some sort I'm of I'm so excited. Suit. I'm a big Pumped Nick Cage fan. It just I'm sure sense. you are. You sound like it. Uh, and yeah. so, you know, but this is where, you know, I tell everybody, look back on the quarter you had, the, you know, the half year you had or the year you had. What did I accomplish? You know, so when I'm looking at a resume, you know, as a hiring manager, I'm looking at specifics. I'm not looking to, you know, look at your regurgitated job description. I'm looking at 
what you were able to accomplish, what you were able to solve, how you were able to save the company money, what you did to grow the money or the, the, the company, uh, what you did to bring in new you know, streams of revenue, mm. whatever it is. I'm looking at things that you accomplished. And if you feel like you can do that in eight bullet points and you've had six jobs and your resume is a page and a half, like that's cool. If it needs to be three pages, that's cool too. As long as it's telling that story of who you are and then you're able yeah. to back it up. Jake, what are your thoughts? Man, that's a, that's a great point, especially about the anything measurable. And and I think when I'm talking, that is the ideal. That's what you want to see is something measurable. Now, some people haven't been in that driver's seat where they feel like I was the one that was making that measurable. And I think that's actually okay to still portray that in your resume from a, Absolutely. my work style is supporting. My work style is enabling or empowering or whatever to, to do the exact same points you were saying, but to make sure that if someone's like, so how, how did you make those decisions? You don't come across in an interview later and you're like, uh, well, actually I, I didn't make those. I was just there, you know, but being able to, to show cause team team being able to be a part of a high performing team is just as important as the person leading that high performing team. So either way you got to have the team to get I the job that. done. Right. So, um, how are you kind of explaining that, portraying that whether whichever seat you're on, I do think that, um, the easiest way if you're starting kind of from scratch for building out a resume is not to go on any of these crappy resume builder.com or any of this other kind Agreed. of stuff. No, don't hire a resume builder. Honestly, just start building out your LinkedIn, start filling it out. It, it walks through the exact same thing. if you start from scratch and it prompts you to fill in things. I like that. And then, and then you can export a PDF of that LinkedIn for yeah. just quick like you don't have to do anything crazy. Or if you, once you get the content, if you really want to go next level, then be like, Hey, here's all my content, send it to a resume writer and let them do some sort of crazy magic. To I, didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't even, it. I didn't even think about that. <clears throat> I think, and then you have both, you have two, you got to fill out your LinkedIn anyway. Do you want to really network, especially right now where everyone's remote, you got to have your LinkedIn up to date. You know, well, you can't just like bring your resume onto the street corners or handing it to people. And, and, and I think that's a great <clears throat> kind of transition into the, to the next thing. Right. So resume, very, very important right now in your LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about LinkedIn's for me. So what you just said, Jay, kind of goes against what I think, which is why we're doing this podcast. So I think everybody can have different, you know, opinions. Um, yeah, totally. I think your res, I think your LinkedIn is a summary of your resume, right? So your resume, if it has 10 bullet points, your LinkedIn should maybe have two or three, right? In my opinion, every LinkedIn should have three bullet points, whether you're in software development or not, it's what do you do at a high level? Explain to me like you were explaining it to someone in your family, yeah. right? Because we all talk to our families differently than somebody in our industry. Um, yeah. What primary, like what main task are you doing, whether you're in tech or not? And then maybe some technical skills or some tools that you have used, right? And so that's my two cents on LinkedIn. So um, Dan, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I disagree. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, okay. a, link, a LinkedIn can be your, your resume that gets the most views, right? I mean, you know, we have no problem putting our resume on career builder or dice or whatever, you know, tool is out there. So why limit yourself on LinkedIn, which is a tool that's used every day and will find passive people, right? So if your resume you know, or your, if your, pardon me, your LinkedIn doesn't have enough information to attract that person, you know, that you want to be potentially attracted by, then, then why limit yourself? Right. I mean, if you're going to put, you know, your complete resume on career builder, then why not put your, you know, complete resume on LinkedIn? Now you can certainly leave a few things off or, or be a little bit less, um, 
you know, descriptive about it, but, but I would definitely, you know, have as many bullet points again, as you need to tell your story. Yeah. And I think that your, your LinkedIn changes, um, whether you're looking for a job or not, you know, if, if, if you're trying to be kind of passively and you're in a job and you're whatever, then just throw, throw the highlights up there. Right. If you're like going full bore, Oh my God, I need to find something, throw everything on there and let it, let it make sense, you know, and then you're ready ultimately whatever you can export and turn into uh, you know, tailor it to whatever job you're going to, so you can clear off stuff that's not relevant and make sure right. you highlight things that are, you know, however you can keep that cohesive or keep that in one, one spot for you to be able to reference it quickly too. I also we do, we like the three of us would use our LinkedIn totally differently because we're not looking for jobs. Sure. You know, and, and if we were, we wouldn't be, we, we would go through a network or something like that because all we do is network with people. Right. So for, uh, for, for someone who doesn't do that for a living, you know, having that ability to be findable is what. Sure. But I, but I would, I would say a lot of people aren't always looking for jobs. I mean, take this economy out, right. Let's just, let's talk six months ago, right. There's a lot of people that are, aren't looking for jobs that get reached out to by people like us all the time. And you're, you're often going to do that, whether it's, you know, us individually or people, you know, the company that we work for, people that we work around are going to do that based on your LinkedIn. So, you know, it is a great tool to always have out there. And the best part about being a passive job seeker or not even being in the job market, but having an updated LinkedIn is now you're in complete driver's seat of all of the details right now, if somebody wants to reach out to you about, you know, a perfect opportunity, you get to decide what that perfect opportunity is. And now you get to weigh your options instead of potentially, you know, if you did lose your job or you're all of a sudden really unhappy and you're like, okay, well now I have to search. And now instead of, you know, being able to evaluate all options that are out there, I can only now look at available options at this specific time. So that's why I say, keep it up to date. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. look, you know, you only are probably going to add one or two bullet points, you know, per quarter or uh, per year. So use that time to, to update it then. And then, you know, like yeah. Jake said, when you're ready to update your resume, certainly you can have more information on there, but I wouldn't limit the information you have on, on social media or, or on LinkedIn. I one of the that. best, best things about the, the, about LinkedIn, in my opinion, when, when you're finding, when you're looking for anything or just looking to be verified is the recommendations part. I mean, you can, you can have coworkers, That's a great have point. former supervisors, I'm glad just, you brought that up. boom, just go through and be like, and request it. I mean, absolutely request it. You can go on there and you can, you can request, Hey, you know, we worked really well together on this project or this team. I really enjoyed it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to write you a recommendation. Would you mind writing me one or yeah. just write one anyway, if it's the right thing to do. You know? I think, um, I mean, I personally think that is one of the most underrated, not talked about features within LinkedIn. Yep. I think I, I've heard some managers go, I don't really care about LinkedIn references, but in my opinion, a reference is a reference. And so like lo- load it up, like yep. absolutely. I, if, if I would at least have three references on your LinkedIn. Absolutely. And I, I think you LinkedIn's UI doesn't do a great job of showing those references because now yeah. it's like all the way at the bottom past like that skills thing where you can just do like plus on, on everybody's skills. So yeah, pizza uh, eating. Yeah, exactly. Meme making. I have that right? one. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I think it's really important, like you guys said, to get those references, uh, but also to then ask those folks, hey, I'm building out my reference list, right? I'm in the job market now. You already have people that went out of their way to give you a reference, you know, ask for them in the future. But, you know, that's something that's always going to be there. And you just never know when somebody's looking at your LinkedIn 
the the name that might strike them. It's like, oh, holy cow, you know, Mark Smith, who's the CIO at, you know, Acme Water Company gave this guy a recommendation. Mark and I worked together like 10 years ago or, or yeah. Mark and I, you know, went to the so same good. college. We were in, in computer science, right? So always get them and, you know, always do it when you can, right? Like don't feel awkward asking for somebody that you're on a project with or a project manager you worked with or whoever it might be to give you a recommendation, you know, recently, right? You know, that recency bias of what you did, how you're able to solve the project, how you're able to help get the project better is going to be substantially better than trying to recount somebody, you know, 10 years later, be like, oh yeah, we did work together. I don't know what they did. I'm just going to throw some fluff in here and, and hope that nobody, you know, follows up on it. Yep. So let's, so let's kind of move a little bit to, to, to the next thing, right? And so obviously get this a ton, but let's talk about cover letters, right? So uh, us three were just talking about this before we started up this, this, uh, this podcast episode. We, were, we got into a heated, a heated friendly debate on the meaning of CV versus cover letters. So wanted to hear y'all's <laughs> thoughts. Are they needed? Um, you know, I personally think that recruiters take the CV cover letter element away. But then, like I said, I got on a Twitter conversation two nights ago with a bunch of software developers. I say it's still out there. CV, CVs are asked everywhere. So I want to hear y'all stuff. So Dan, you first. Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing that we have is just a difference in terminology. So I think it's important to kind of clear that up first before we get into this debate. So, you know, I think first, Taylor, you were saying that you think of the letter CV as like a cover letter. I think of CV as like a very long, extensive, like educational document, like curriculum vitae. And then that is as intense and as descriptive as possible. Whereas Jake, you used it as just like a very high level overview that might be like a one pager, right? So I think we can break this topic into to three <laughs> different pieces, right? Uh, number one, cover letters, our thoughts on cover letters. I personally... Uh, don't look at them very often. Um, I like to think of your resume as your cover letter and should be descriptive of a lot of what you accomplished. If you needed a cover letter to explain more about what was in your resume, then your resume is not descriptive enough. Boom. I like the, I like Boom. the I cover wish I had letters, like sound the bio effects. right up time, right up top. Your cover letter, I, I, I is don't, you, you get to do that bio at the top of your resume that's like, I'm a software engineer with 15 years experience and, da, 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 and that's it. Do you, do, you want that? do you want that? I, I, don't, don't, want that I, don't, I don't want a cover letter, personally. No, do you, but do you want the bio up top? I think it's nice. Depend, depends on what you're, if, it's, if you're interesting. <laughs> I, I think that's the like, thing. I, I don't want to be like, I got 18 cats and three kids and I love- Bro, if you got so, 18 no, cats, no, you need to put cares. that on there because that is a conversation yeah. starter. Yeah, we've got some questions, <laughs> yeah. right? For like, me, that's yeah. a conversation stop. My, conver <laughs> yeah, my, my conversation is addressed very differently. I, so this is a, a debate. I mean, we can have this. I mean, you know, we could talk about cover letters here in a second. I don't even know if I, I need the bio up top, right? And mm, Jake, I know okay. you said something that's, you know, if you're super interesting- but I don't know what you're going to put in there to be like, wow, this person is super interesting. If so one, that, I, I got the answer just for that. It's so like, Perfect. for example, if you, and then I have an answer. If, if you served actively in the military, if you served overseas or in any sort of um, very uh, prominent or in, um, important sort of nonprofit organization, like, Hey, I was, with this, this, and this, and this was a passion of who I am and this kind of stuff, or, you know, I've got a passion for education. So I've been on my spare time. I start focusing on tutoring children and whatever, you know, these kind of things. Um, 
something along those lines that round out outside of your work skill set, but speak a little bit more to your drivers. That's what I like to see in that little bio up top, kind of a little bit around it. Now, if you're sending a, a, a cover letter to a recruiter, don't even bother. Like that, that to me, That's like I'm, I'm putting two separate hats on right here. If I put in my recruiter hat on, well, I'm going to tailor that to whatever the client is. And you and I are going to work together and we're going to figure out, Hey, this person would really value cover letters, you know, but most of the time I'm the cover lover. I have the relationship yep. already. Right. Yep. So I don't need that. Now me as a hiring manager running a team myself, do not send me a cover letter. I'm not going to read it. I don't have time. Right. It doesn't mean I don't care about you. It's just, I need to have the information first so that we can, and then all of that will be expressed in our conversation because it's hard for you, it's hard for me to see kind of who you are and what you can actually do if I read it up front, which is something that could be edited by six people of your family, by a resume writer, by you got to rewrite it six times versus me asking you the same question, being like, who are you? What do you, what do you like to be? I mean, what do you like to do? You know, what, what, tell me a little bit about Dan, you know, and you all of a sudden can't talk about it very well. It's just, it's a totally different thing. So I, I mean, I agree, Dan, in the sense of like, for me as a hiring manager, I don't want a cover letter at all. Yeah, I, I think the bio, the summary or the bio portion of, of your resume, I think for me, I want like a high level overview bullet pointed. And again, software space, right? I have 10 years of overall development. I have seven years with .NET development. I have four years with .NET Core. I have three years with Angular. Like that's what I want. Hmm. Like I want bullet pointed out because what, cause what you do, you know, again, I'm trying to think about the, the hiring manager. Like if he opens up that resume and he sees how many years you have with all those skill sets, that's going to be an immediate, immediate tension grabber. And so that's, but again, that's just my thoughts. I think, yeah. you know, leaving the fluff, I, I think in my opinion, like if you're involved in extracurricular activities, organizations, I think that needs to go towards the bottom because I'm about pertinent information first because most times managers don't even look past the first few bullet points. And so I think you but need to bring I'm, up. But I, I would say this, I don't even know, this is the, the one thing that I want to say about a resume is that your resume serves two different purposes in the process. One is to capture their attention to be able to get an interview right? The second thing that it does is it represents the document that they're going to awkwardly always stare at during your interview, right? So like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so be descriptive, include the stuff. And like, if it's down there at the bottom, even if it doesn't grab their attention at the beginning, who knows when you guys are sitting and you're answering a question about, we'll use the, the tech example, since we keep talking about it. If you talk about the three projects that you did in, in Angular, while, you know, the interviewer is, listening to your answer, they're going to look at your resume and they're going to see, oh, this person went to the University of Florida. This person's, you know, involved in Habitat for Humanity or this person, you know, does this, you know, side project. So definitely include that. And, in, in, you know, and I think it's important to have that. Jake, I think what you said about active military or former military, I think stuff like that can be important as well. But that's the way I want us to look at a resume is yes, I think it's important to give a very high level quick overview, but then it's also important to be descriptive about who you are. And that's why I say, hey, I don't want to tell you that your resume needs to be only three pages or only two pages. And God forbid, if anybody tells you that there, it only should be one page, run away from them as fast as possible. Like kick the guidance counselor in the shin, whoever said one page resumes. It's yeah, unreal. It's, oh, yeah. it's ridiculous. But you know, that that's well, where- it was the I, guidance counselor. They didn't have any experience, the, the person that they were talking to. So oh, yeah. Geez. 
Man. Not the guidance counselor. The yeah, yeah. If you're a guidance counselor, we apologize for Jake's. Uh, you know, <laughs> I clarified the person yeah, they yeah. were talking that does, to. That doesn't that doesn't represent all of us. Uh, Shout out to guidance counselors out there. Yeah. So, but anyway, long story short, that's <laughs> that to me is is what a a resume should should be. So grab their attention, but then tell the story later. And if you need a little short bio at the top, or if you need like a skill section to do that, uh, then in that skill section, you better be able to talk about whatever you put in there. Cause that's the first thing I'm going to ask you. So if you put some random cuckoo technology that used 12 years ago, I'm going to likely find that and seek that out and be like, tell me what you've did with this VoIP system. That's no longer around. And if you can't say what you did, then delete it from that section, or I'm going to immediately ask some skepticism about you. I love that. So what, so what do we decide? Have a CV do we even figure out what a CV was yet? Have we figured that yeah, out yeah. yet? So we're going to say a cover letter is a cover letter. That's the one page document that you're yeah, going to send on top of your resume. That's usually tailored. Now, if you want to tailor, you know, a, you, I would say tailor your resume for the job you're applying for yeah. rather than writing an entire new cover letter. But if you feel like you're in the world of a cover letter, do not just blindly send that to all companies. You better look at that job description and say, this is what you're looking for. This is what I've done. And then your resume better, you know, reflect, you know, that information, but working with recruiters, I mean, we're your cover letter, right? We're your first interview, to be honest. Yeah. I think, I think that, um, just back to the cover letter thing and recruiter to your exact point is that we have to, it's our job to know the audience, right? And if it's some, if it's someone who in my mind, and I'm going to say this is old school and prefers, I want cover letter and I want a three page resume and I want it to be this. And if you add a portfolio, I'll look at that as well before an interview. It's our job to know that client well enough to be able to empower you to have the right tools to be successful. If we're, if we know, that a hiring manager is much more like, Hey, let's just get to the point and let's start talking about what we're, what we're, uh, what you do. And I'll talk to them or if, even better. If the three of us have a best relationship and we're like, Oh man, I talked to this candidate. You got to talk to him. I don't even need to send a resume. Sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes we don't. And we're just like, you just got to talk to Dan because he's awesome. Yeah, and then great. We'll talk, get an interview up. talk to Dan. So That's why we talked to Dan. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm doing this podcast. So, <laughs> so uh, GitHub, um, you know, I know from a tech perspective, I mean, do you see managers ask for it? I honestly don't have anybody ask for specific GitHubs, but I'd be fascinated really? to see what you guys are seeing. Yeah. We see, we see it a lot. Um, yep. Whenever you can, this is, this is what I'll say, and this is going to apply to hopefully just about anybody. Whenever you can get things that you've documented that the company isn't going to say is proprietary information, try to get. So when I'm talking about BAs, PMs, if you've done any Visio stuff, if you've done yep. any, you know, manager or project uh, stuff, whatever it is, try to get your hands on that. Uh, even ask them, Hey, I do, I'm not planning on leaving. I'm happy, but I want to have something to be able to show the work that I've done. And a lot of times companies will let you scrub, you know, some of that, you know, of the pertinent details. So get that. Or on the development side, I've had a lot of companies ask for, for Git or, or some sort of work sample, especially on the development side, because it gives you an idea of who they are. They're not often looking for your accomplishment of a specific thing development is one of those things that you can do a lot of different things, a lot of different ways. It's, I want to see how this person develops so that I can tailor my interview towards their development style or their development type. And that's good. I mean, I, I, yeah. And, and I'll talk about this too. We're going to bring it in. I mean, listen, if you're in the development space, you, you need to be ready to, to, um, and, and 
you need to be ready to test for recruiters. Um, you know, and, and, and I think, I think we'll next week, we'll talk about really diving into recruiters, right? I, I think us three have chopped up this kind of um, topic really well. And so I don't want to overload individuals. Um, and so basically, you know, what, what I would say to preface kind of as for next week's conversation is, you know, you really need to think about yourself as this like, uh, you know, kind of this portfolio, you need to have a portfolio ready, right? So I would dig into references, right? I'd have, you know, three to five references, probably th three managers and one to two coworkers. Um, you know, I would be, you know, ready to, to take some code evals from recruiters. I know recruiters send them a lot of times to developers. Um, I would always ask for your scores so you don't have to keep retaking them. For the most part, recruiters typically use the same testing suites. Um, uh, I, I know my team does not, but I absolutely share all of, all of the scores, um, you know, with my developers. So just, just kind of think like there's going to be some work that needs to be done um, from a cover letter to writing your resume, to writing your LinkedIn, to, you know, getting into getting your GitHub set up. And, and, and I know I kind of got off track there, but Jake, I definitely want to hear your thoughts on, um, you know, the, the, the GitHub side of things. I mean, it comes back to, to school, right? Is just show your work, right? You know, what, what, how'd you get to that answer, right? How'd you get to this experience? You know, what are you, what are you doing? What personally, because I do a lot of open source work, what, what are you doing outside of your normal job? If you're looking for a, like a technologist, you know, someone who this is, I just eat, breathe, sleep technology. That's what I want to do. I want to see what's next out there. I want to try to, to be innovative and things like that. Not every job requires someone like that right? There's a ton of great jobs for people that can just execute on what's been given to them. And, and I don't want to discount that. But if I'm hiring for some of these rapid growth companies or these companies that are from San Francisco opening up new headquarters here, and they need just that kind of person that can go, go and find new ways to, to be successful and new technologies and things like that. It's great to be able to show quickly, hey, show your work. I found that a really good GitHub that you can demonstrate what you've done has trumped getting a having to do a code test a couple times for me just in the last few months. Wow. It's like, Hey, wow. Look at all this stuff that they built. Right. And yeah. you can see who wrote it. Right. It's, it's all stamped in there, you know? So having some of that has totally sped up the process and it also makes you just better in general. Cause you're kind of researching and doing, doing things. I love that. Now let's the kind of the last thing too, and this kind of applies to kind of getting things ready and, and, and um, you know, you're, you kind of navigating the, the, the job search, you know, I saw one person and, and we'll end with this topic. Um, I saw one person post, do I take on personal projects right now to get better or do I apply to job postings all day? I tweeted at the individual and I said, you absolutely should take on personal projects to get new experience so you can put it on GitHub and leverage the recruiters to find the job opportunity. So I want to hear your thoughts on that again. And we'll obviously kind of dig into the, the, the recruiter, the navigating of recruiters next week, but wanted to hear your thoughts on, on kind of what I just said, Dan, you first. Yeah, no, I think that this is the time that you go back to building that, that, that schedule of how you want to, you know, go through your day and, and creating that sense of normalcy. So yes, I want you to focus on personal projects. I want you to, you know, also be keenly aware of the job market. I want you to start leveraging your network. I want you to do all of those things right now. Right. But this is a time when, you know, when we're a month from now and companies are, are hiring a little bit more, they're going to look back and say, well, what did you do? You know, once you got laid off, 
right? Oh, I built a new app, right? Or I submitted something to the app store or you know, I was able to do yeah. this or that. I'm going to say, wow, that, that person, you know, really was able to, you know, take advantage of the, the free time that they had. I taught myself a new language. I taught myself, you know, this or that. But I also want to preface to say, if you need this time to get yourself mentally like checked back in, so that's good. okay too. So right? good. I don't want you to feel like you have to learn a new language or you had yeah. to have picked up some sort of skill. These are, are weird, tough times. What I would say is put yourself in the best position for you to be able to be able to attack each day, but not feel overwhelmed and, and overloaded either. I love that. I love that. Um, Jake, any, any thoughts on that or, or, or did Dan just crush it? Um, that is my, uh, my son knocking on my door right now because I'm wearing his Spider-Man headphones. That's why. Like, Dad, I need the Spider-Man headphones <laughs> back, like, please. like, why do you have these? Yeah. Why do you have these on? I'm like, I, I don't know. Um, the, yeah, the only thing I, I would add to that is, um, we've had a lot of success in, in mentoring recent grads and people that are trying to modernize their tech stack and connecting them with people in small businesses in need in the community. So if you're looking, if you're going to do a side project anyway, you might as well reach out to a local nonprofit and be like, Hey, you mean to build an app for you that checks your inventory or schedules your volunteers for you or any of that kind of stuff. I'll do it for free. And it's such an easy way to build out your portfolio and at the same time, help your community, right? So if, if you are looking, looking for something, um, some way, creative ways to do that, uh, you know, feel free to reach out because we've been doing that a lot here recently in the right. Raleigh-Durham area. Yeah, I have a .NET guy who has been on the bench, hasn't got any work for a few months and has been you know, doing a, a .NET core project and deploying it to Azure for one of his side clients, right? And I've got him to write it <clears throat> on his resume and it looks great. And so, yep. I mean, it, it works and, and clients you know, look at that. So, all right, boys, so it's been an absolute pleasure. So we're gonna end on obviously our fun personal uh, question of the week. So I know everyone's sitting at home. Everybody has watched to the end of the internet. Everybody has watched all the uh, videos on YouTube, all the videos on Netflix, uh, all the videos on Amazon uh, Prime or TV. So kind of curious because we need, I need some new uh, re- uh, watching material. What are some cool, like what's mm-hmm. one or two cool series you've been watching uh, recently, either on Netflix or Hulu or whatever? Dan? Yeah, I'm just getting into Ozark now. And then I watched... I watched all of All American, which is about a former high school football prospect. So uh, that was really good. It's it's from the CW originally, so it's a little mm. you know it's a little family focused, like in that world. And every episode has a lesson, and you're just like, okay, CW, I get I get what you're doing. But let's, <laughs> I see you. Yeah, yeah I, I see you there. I, I got to read But Ozark's balance. But uh, but Ozark on the <laughs> opposite end of that is not about personal development. So <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, I'm in it. Ozark uh, about watching, dark capitalism, man. That's right. It is a personal that's right. development. <laughs> uh, but I watched, I watched a bunch, watch all the documentaries. So anybody that has any suggestions, they're on my way. Awesome. Jake? <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, after I'm done rewatching The Office again, you know, of course, nice. it's on Netflix. My, my favorite most recent series we watched was actually on Apple TV. It's called The Morning Show. And it just blew my mind and uh steve carell and jennifer aniston both played dramatic characters in this and they really did a good job and it's basically just about kind of the big business of the news um kind of the behind the scenes and the morning show is just meant to be kind of like a good morning america-esque you know type type show and it's just fascinating really incredible acting and the chemistry is just just amazing so there's only one one season out but highly i'll check that out yeah and i've been 
so I'm a big fan of like werewolves and vampires. Um, and so, uh, you know, huge fan, huge fan of Twilight as yeah, much as I get Hayes, big, big fan. Um, it's from Jake's hometown of Forks. I'm just kidding. It's not true. I've been to Forks. Fun little fact. Me and my wife went on a, uh, our anniversary trip and I stayed in a Twilight themed motel in Forks. Um, oh, yeah. So anyways, all being said, what do they have in spoons? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so uh, I've been watching the series Dracula on Netflix. It's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's a pretty cool, it's a different version of Dracula, which is fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think that's on top of my head. Um, I've heard the, uh, the series dark on Netflix. I think it's like English subtitles. It's a foreign series, but I heard it's been, it's really good. So I may have to check that out as well. So mm. more to come there. All right, boys. Well, it was a pleasure. Episode two in the books. Thanks for hanging and uh, see y'all next week. All right. Take care, y'all. We'll see you guys soon. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Unicorn Finders. If you found any of that interesting or helpful at all, please share it with your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or want to be a part of our podcast, be sure to email us at info at the And while you're at it, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe us five stars and share it with a friend or two. We'll see you next week.